0: This podcast is brought to you by the new Yahoo Finance Premium. If you're looking to take your investing to the next level, Premium has you covered. Try it free at yahoofinance.com slash premium. From Yahoo Finance,
1: this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman.
2: And I'm Alexis Christophorus, and today we are talking minimum wage. Will the federal government raise the average wage to $15? And what will the real impact be on the economy and corporate America? In addition to Rick Newman, we are joined today by Jessica Smith, Yahoo Finance's Washington, D.C. correspondent. She's joining us from our D.C. Bureau. And uh, great to have you with us, Jess. I'll start with you. Uh, This is – you cover D.C. The House passed legislation recently that would raise – the minimum wage, to $15 an hour gradually by the year 2025. Uh, It seemed to not really have any real life in the Senate. Will this bill be voted on by the Senate, do you
3: think? You know, I don't even think it's going to be taken up in the Senate, at least at this point. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been very skeptical about this, saying that he thinks it will kill jobs, it will hurt the economy, which he says is strong right now. So he doesn't see a reason to even take this up. Um, but I did talk to the bill's sponsor in the in the House, and he says he wants the Senate to at least negotiate with him. He says lawmakers should come to the table, talk to him about this. Maybe it won't be $15.00. But they can find some middle ground. But I just don't see that happening at this point in the Republican-controlled Senate, no.
1: Jess, can you demystify this for uh, people? Why does uh, the House vote on stuff when they know it's it's never going to pass the Senate? Why do they bother?
3: Because they want to be able to say that they did this, that they took the steps to raise the minimum wage to $15, and it's the Senate's fault that they didn't do this. So they have the majority in the House right now, Democratic lawmakers do, so they want to advance their agenda as much as they can and say, look, hey, we did all of this, we did what we could it's Republicans' fault that they're not taking this up and moving it forward.
2: Well, look, the federal minimum wage has been seven twenty-five for the past decade. I think we can all agree that's pretty low. And so what we're seeing is a lot of companies, a lot of states are taking this into their own hands and raising the minimum wage without the federal government. Do you think, especially in an election year, Rick, can we expect more of the same?
1: I think there's more than one question in there, so I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to figure out which one I want to answer. <laughs> Take the uh, easier so one. So first of all, right, so a lot of states have, have a minimum, excuse me, have a minimum wage that's higher than the federal level, which they're obviously allowed to do. That is actually the right approach because it, uh, in, in one sense, it, it doesn't make sense to have one minimum wage for every place in the country. I mean, living standard, the cost of living is so different between uh, the middle of the country and the coasts, for example, poorer areas and richer areas, that 725 in one area might be fine and it might not even be close to subsistence in another area. So it does make sense to have it um, have geographic uh, differences. I think the real issue is. Um, that the, minimum wage, the federal minimum wage is kind of a last resort for states that just don't do it on their own. And I, I think given the fact that the minimum wage has never been indexed to inflation, uh, I think you can even ask what validity the federal minimum wage has anymore. Um, isn't
2: it a benchmark though? I mean, Jess, isn't it a benchmark that companies
3: can turn to? Right. And we have heard from companies who have said that the federal minimum wage needs to be higher. I think Walmart recently called on Congress to raise the federal federal minimum wage. And Rick brings up a good point about the geographic differences. And there is actually a bill out there, a more moderate approach. Um, Congresswoman Terry Sewell put this out, saying that um, we can base based this minimum wage hike on geographic regions, on cost of living. So New York City could hit $15 an hour by 2024, but then somewhere in Alabama might be 2023 before we get there. So it would be even more gradual based on cost of living in certain areas. But um, that obviously did not come to fruition
2: here in the bill that the House just passed. And, you know, of course, we've got Bernie Sanders, right? Senator Bernie Sanders always gets uh, behind this issue. Uh, the American worker not making enough money. He was at the Walmart shareholder meeting recently saying that they are giving their workers, quote, starvation wages. Um, yet his campaign has come under fire. Have you guys <laughs> seen this? That some of the lower level campaign workers, they call them field workers, are making about $13 an hour. He wanted his workers to actually uh, unionize which they did do, and now they're giving him some gruff for for all of this. I mean, so it sounds to me like he can put it out there, but can he really
1: see it through? This is one of the myths of the $15 minimum wage, that if you actually had a federal uh, minimum wage at $15, it would be too high in some places. I mean, there are some places where... Is a wage that,
2: ever too high?
1: Yes, absolutely, <clears throat> because if you're f- telling employers they must pay... Uh, People more than what you might call the prevailing wage, or what uh, more than what mark, you know the wages that markets might determine, uh, they're not going to hire them. I mean, em- you know, employers need to be able to hire uh, people. And there's lots of economic research. This is not ideological. That um, I mean, if you raise wages, if you uh, force wages to be higher—in other words, they're not set by market, but by markets—but they're set by law—it will uh, lead to lower employment. Now, there's there are arguments about how much lower. Is it worth? Is the trade-off worth it? And you know, this is all. all The the truth resides in the balance. But even the Congressional Budget Office just found that if you raise the federal minimum wage, and they analyzed, I think, at least three different levels. Yes, some people would earn more money, and that would be good for them, but there would also be fewer jobs, which is just, I mean, you know, um, the min- a minimum wage is the price of labor, and when you, when you raise the price of anything, demand goes down, and that for sure will ha- would happen with employers, and it actually has happened in places where, they, where there have been, um, for, you know, newly forced minimum wages. Uh, so that's, Bernie, that's the Bernie Sanders problem, um, which is that $13, I mean, $13 an hour where? I mean, so if it were $13 an hour in Brooklyn, uh, that would be that would be too low. But if we're $13, uh, $13 an hour in Arkansas, it probably would be okay. But
2: you, you do see the irony here, right, Jess, that he's the one pushing for $15 an hour and isn't even paying his own
3: campaign staffers that much. Yeah, and my understanding is that it's these staffers who work far more than 40 hours a week. So they have a salary that if they did work 40 hours a week would come out to be more than $15 an hour, an hour. Right. and because they're working so much more, they're making less than 15 So yeah, his campaign staff is turning his own argument against him, saying if you think this needs to be the standard for every employer that has to include you. Yeah. What about us? Have you talked to lawmakers about that
2: argument that Rick brings up? And it's a valid one. If you force employers to pay more, they're going to find other ways to cut. And unfortunately, that may mean squeezing their payrolls,
3: letting people go or hiring fewer workers. I did ask Congressman Bobby Scott about that. I brought that argument to him. He's the one who introduced the Raise the Wage Act, and he said, you know, the benefits are going to outweigh any negative consequences that we see from this bill. He says, yeah, people maybe will be working fewer hours, but they're going to be making more money in the long run and he doesn't really buy the argument that this is going to kill jobs he says that businesses will be just fine because a higher minimum wage is going to just stimulate the economy so much that people are going to spend more and it's going to be good for business he says you know I do call, you buy I that call, especially
2: I, especially for small and mid-sized companies who may not be able to afford this not everybody is mcdonald's not everybody is
1: target this is why i think it, there's some cynicism involved in this idea of pushing for a 15 dollar minimum wage when you know it's not going to happen. I mean, in that regard, uh, the Republicans in the Senate who are standing in the way of this are almost enabling, uh, they're, they're, they're allowing Democrats to say, yes, we, almost all of us uh, stand for a $15 minimum wage, which is fine because it's never going to happen and we're never going to have to deal with the negative consequences. I think when you hear somebody like uh, Jess was just referring to Bobby Scott saying uh, the benefits will outweigh the negative developments, um, that is the Obamacare mistake to me. Um, Whenever you say that it's going to hurt some people, but it's going to help more people, um, you have a problem. And if you actually had to put that into place, the problem is uh, the people you're going to hurt are going to squeal like crazy. (laughs) And that's going to come to define the entire program, which is exactly what happened with Obamacare when uh, President Obama said, if you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. And it turned out for uh, something like two or three million people, they actually could not keep their health care plan. Uh, Obamacare ended up helping about 18 to 20 million get, new, uh, get coverage or get better or cheaper coverage, but it hurt those two or three million. And that, that's why the law was so unpopular and vulnerable to repeal is because they, it, on balance, it did more harm than good, but it, you shouldn't be doing harm anyway. Try to find policies that don't do any harm. It's tough to
3: do, right, Jessica? I nah.
0: mean, uh, you, you,
3: you talk about policies all the time. Right, and one point worth noting about the bill that the House just passed is they did have to get moderate Democrats on board who are worried about the impact in certain communities where $15 is just such a high wage so what they did is they put an amendment on this to require in two years, so after the first two wage increases, the Government Accountability Office is supposed to analyze it and see what happens. And if there are negative impacts on job creation, if people are losing their jobs, then it gives Congress the ability to reassess and change things if need be. So that was what they had to do in order to get some of these moderate Democrats on board to actually pass this
1: bill. And by the way, usually when it's any $15 minimum wage proposal in the fine print is that it's it will be Phased in over time. Right. Um, it would be, uh, I mean, totally reckless if you went from states where it was 7.25 to 15 overnight. I mean, most places that even have 15 have not done it that way.
2: Yeah. At the top but of the, the podcast, we said it would have been rolled in. through you know what? Through this 2025. Th- this
1: problem is so solvable, um, and it just. Oh, do it, share with us, right? It, it's just, it's just infuriating how uh, dysfunctional and ridiculous Congress can be. The way, the way to set minimum wage policy is decide what it should be um and then index it to inflation so you never have to deal with it legislatively again it just goes up by by the amount of inflation and by the way for employers that gives employers predictability. So if they, uh, you know, not everybody, you know, you, you only would have a percentage of your workforce that's at the minimum wage. But you would know every year about how much more you're going to have to pay those people. And it would, you know, be an extra 2 or 3% every year at, at most, at the, at the kind of inflation we have yeah, right now. Uh, it
2: sounds simple enough, Jess. I mean, what was the impetus for the 2009 2009- rise in the minimum wage. Remember, we were just coming out of the financial crisis of 2008 when
3: that was passed. Right. Um, You know, one of the things that Rick mentioned there is indexing this to inflation. That's actually a somewhat a part of this bill they're indexing it to median wages Um, so that is something that lawmakers want to do as a part of this fight for 15 as they as they call this this effort they want to make sure that they never have to go through this again to where we have this long stretch since we have not done this since 2009
0: this podcast is brought to you by the new yahoo finance premium are you ready to take your investing to the next level with premium features, advanced data, and a sophisticated new way to stand top of your portfolio, you can trade with complete confidence. Because it's more than just your portfolio, right? It's your money. Yahoo Finance Premium lets you trade up using tools that help you go beyond the fundamentals with industry-leading insights and detailed company profiles. You can trade up to advanced portfolio tools that help you monitor allocation, diversification, and risk you'll discover new opportunities with detailed research reports and investment ideas that are updated every single day. So are you ready to trade up? Try it free today at yahoofinance.com premium.
2: And you know, it's just, it's fodder for the campaign of 2020. They're just well, going to glom onto this, sure. the Democrats, as we get closer and closer.
1: Yeah. And, um, uh... The, the the records are not entirely clear on this so i just looked this up and found where do all the candidates stand on uh, minimum wage and supposedly all of the democrats except for one or two say they support a fifteen dollar minimum wage uh... but not all of them have said here's my exact plan so how do you phase it in fifteen dollars by when where do you start um, i interviewed uh... john hickenlooper recently he's the former uh... governor of colorado and I asked him about this because he w- he was a business owner before he was a politician and um, he is, <laughs> uh, so he's in the category of people who supposedly support a $15 minimum wage but he told me that's way too high he, uh, he said that would be way too high in many parts of the country uh, businesses there's just no way they could stomach it and I said well what do you support and um, he didn't want to give me a number right away but I pressed him and I said like what, like what number would be a good number and he said Oh, I think in some parts of the country you might be able to get eight or nine or mm. ten, which is obviously way lower than no, than uh, fifteen dollars. I thought he would say like twelve. You know, um, his uh, fellow Coloradan, Michael Bennett, also running for president, he's a U.S. senator. For people who don't know, uh, he supports a twelve-dollar minimum wage. Uh, he he also spent some time in the private sector. So uh, I think there is a little bit of divergence there. And generally, people who have run businesses or worked in the private sector recognize that, you know, when you have to meet payroll, um, a $1 hourly increase in anybody's pay is a lot. Um, And, you know, there are a lot of businesses... You know, with profit margins, you know, single-digit profit margins, um, who might squeezed. employ four people or eight people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you say, oh, your labor costs are going to go up by, I don't know, $5,000 a year, $10,000 a year, that's a lot. Are there other things
2: workers, uh, employers can do other than raise wages that would make employers, employees happy, like more perks, maybe more time off, better benefits? I think a lot of people might actually say, yeah, I'll forego the hourly pay raise, in order to get some of those benefits that are more quality of life issues for myself and my family. What do you think, Jess?
3: Well, that's an argument we hear a lot from Republicans on the Hill who say that corporations need to offer more job training for their employees, more flexibility. Um, I think job training is a huge thing that we hear a lot from Republicans. And the White House has their panel that, with CEOs that come to the White House and talk about this, about ways to make sure the workforce is ready for a changing economy and new technology. And I think that they will say if these in a tight labor market, these companies need to be offering more. And job training is one of the things that you could do to make your employees happier and give them the, the ability to to get better jobs, get better paying jobs down the road.
2: Amazon just announced a huge uh, investment in its own employees, trying to get people to either you know, be trained to stay with the company or go outside the company. You hear about large corporations also helping people finish schooling. To go back to school, they'll either pick up some or all of that cost. Shouldn't that account for something, Rick Newman? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly what we want companies to do. I mean, when people talk about, like, the glory days of the U.S. economy, those are the types of things they have in mind when the company would sort of take care of you, you know, in your cushy lifetime job. That's the, <laughs> that's the myth, anyway, yeah. as pe- people looking back. Uh, I think Amazon is actually a pretty good employer, even though it gets a lot of bad press for, uh, you know, tough working conditions in some instances. Uh, But yes, when you see Amazon setting up, I mean, they're basically setting up something called Amazon University. I mean, and the idea is not just to train them like on the job skills that they're going to need in their job, just how you need to do your job, but to train you in things that aren't necessarily even your job. So you are a better worker in the future. Uh, that's not just a Republican thing. Obama talked a lot about stuff like that. He wanted to do that kind of thing, um, use community colleges and stuff like that. Um, but, that, you know, this is the kind of stuff I think is just at a federal level. So when you hear candidates talking about it, it's just not something the federal government is good at or that should be centralized in Washington. And uh, to go back to the minimum wage, uh, you know, we do have a very tight labor market right now. And this should be a time in the history of the economy when wages are taking care of themselves, and uh, that is happening to some regard. But it's in another sense, it's not happening. And this is where we get into the skills mismatch. Um, you know, anybody getting 725 in this economy, which is generally very good is probably either a teenager or somebody working at kind of a menial level because there are labor shortages in many parts of the economy which allow people to work for more. And, you know, when you interview people, again, to go back to small businesses, they are having, in, in many parts of the country, they're having a hard time finding people who will work for even $10 an hour. And, you know, for, for a business person, I mean, I'm thinking of some of the people I've interviewed, and I say, well, why don't you pay them $11 an hour? And they say, well, there's a big difference in my budget between $10 an hour and $11 an hour. So when we're talking about seven twenty-five in this economy, we're really talking about workers at the bottom. But I do think that when we go through the next recession, this is going to affect a lot more people. And it could be uh, worse than it was after the last recession.
2: We're also seeing evidence, Jess, in the, in the monthly jobs report that we're seeing strong, stronger wage growth, I should say. I mean, it's not exactly gangbusters. Nominal average hourly earnings rose by 3.1 percent over the past uh, 12 months, marking the 11th straight month that that year over year wage gains were at or above 3 percent. Would you agree that at the end of the day, who doesn't want to make more money? This is a hot button topic and that the Democrats know it's going to go nowhere, but they're still talking
3: about it because it gets people riled up yeah, definitely. It does get people riled up. And that's why you have so many 2020 candidates talking about it as well. And I think it's a way to kind of combat what the president is saying, because the president is campaigning on the economy, too. So as he is out here campaign campaigning on those job numbers, on those those wage growth numbers, we have the Democrats who say, you know, no, this isn't affecting everyone. The economy is good for the wealthy, um, but your everyday workers aren't getting the wage increases. They are not getting the raises that um, others are. So I think that's a way to kind of separate Mm -hmm. and and really fight the president's campaign tactics there.
1: I feel like this is another issue where the Democrats are kind of blowing it. Um, It's just so easy to say, oh, fight for 15, fight for 15 when there's no chance of uh, passing that. You know, it's another sort of Uh, Let's go for the it's the revolutionary approach. Let's Mm -hmm. let's endorse something that would be a revolutionary change. We're going to put all this power into the uh, into the pocket of the ordinary worker, except it's never going to happen. And guess who you end up turning off? You end up turning off every business owner in the country. Any any voter who owns a business or knows somebody who owns a business is sit, listening to you say fifteen dollars an hour up from seven twenty five. The, the details get lost. It sounds like you basically just want to double everybody's wages at the bottom end of the scale.
2: And people think and it's you,
1: immediate too. Uh, oh, great! That's my right. my wage
2: can start going up as of next month. Right. And I think another well, that, thing. Bernie that,
1: Sanders probably would make it immediate. He would just take right. it right out of the bottom line at Walmart <laughs> right. and right. hand it over to workers. And so would Elizabeth Warren. Um, But it just doesn't sound pragmatic. Jess,
2: was there anything in there that this this bill that passed the, the House but is probably now going nowhere that actually stipulated how big a company needed to be, how many employees they needed to have in order to be part of the group of companies that would be raising the
3: minimum wage? Well, it did say that it needs to gradually do it, right? So a little bit every year. And a couple other things that it did is that it eliminated that really, really low minimum wage for tipped workers. So that's mm. going to be gradually phased out. That's not going to be until 2027, but eventually every employer would have to pay $15 an hour. Yeah. Having waitress in my early
2: years, I'm all for raising the base salary. I'm not. Of people who I'm work not. on tips. I'm not. Well, you could do that. You could have a bad week, Rick. <laughs> And what does that do? It's hard to plan things when you're working on tips as opposed (laughs) to a real salary you can depend on.
1: I was a server also, and I mean this is controversial, um, but if you uh, if you just go to basically paying them uh, as salary or you know hourly workers, uh, presumably you would take away the tip, the tipping, so you wouldn't just pay them regular wages and then no tipping. Uh, or, and then tipping on top of that. Mm-hmm. You would basically take away it's the one, It's
2: one or the other. I think it y- yeah, should, should be raised a little bit because in some places it's just embarrassingly low. Uh,
1: right. Um, but people still work at those jobs. I mean, so if it were... Some if
3: people, it, Some people in the industry don't want to see the right, tips yeah. go away because they end up they making make more, more money on money tips, than they would. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm still for
2: I mean, they, raising they, raising so their they, wage
3: a little bit.
1: Raising well, raising the, un- the base wage a little here, bit. Here's the, the hard part to discuss is the hustle factor that uh that uh, a tipping environment requires Mm -hmm. i mean you know it you you are incentivized to have more customers and to move them more quickly and to offer better service and do things to get more tips um whereas you're not incentivized to do that if you're paid on an hourly basis which uh, you know in a way when i think back to those glory days (laughs) you know when i was freelance writing one year out of college and working as a waiter that was part of the fun i mean part of the fun was seeing how much can i make today
2: yeah I don't know, debatable. I think that's for another podcast. Um, But so where, where do things stand, Jess? Where do we go from here? Did you talk to any Republicans who were kind of sort of on the fence about this? No,
3: (laughs) I could not find any Republicans who are kind of sort of on the fence on this. For the most part, they are all saying that this is going to be a job killer. Um, Republicans are not on board with this, and I don't think it's going anywhere in the Senate. Mitch McConnell just does not want to take it up. And actually, the chairman of the committee that deals with this, that would deal with a minimum wage increase in the Senate, has said in the past that he doesn't think there should be a minimum wage at all. So he's not going to be very keen on taking up a bill That would raise the minimum wage either so now i think we just hear from lawmakers who put the pressure on the senate you know already written a letter to mcconnell saying we at least need to put this up for a vote mm -hmm. so i think you'll hear a lot of back and forth but i don't think you'll see much action
1: the thing that's so aggravating is this is precisely the right moment to do something on the minimum wage and it's not abolish it and it's not raise it to fifteen dollars it is to do something sensible like push it up to i don't know what the right number is but let's say nine dollars and then index it to inflation, Mm -hmm. and then... Call it a day, and we never have to deal with the minimum wage anymore because it 's going to or index it to what would the argument
2: whatever. be to not do that though Rick
1: um, well it's it 's the Republican argument but you 've got the Dem- i mean it 's the usual standoff between two extremes you know the Republicans are do nothing and just let 's erode the minimum wage down to as low as we can over time by never raising it and the Republicans and the Democrats saying let 's raise it to fifteen I mean the economy the labor force is so tight right now that lots of i mean i I, I, mean, I would be interested to find out where a are still paying the minimum wage because, in so many parts of the country, they have to pay more.
2: They have to. So in order to be competitive, you could raise it.
1: If you raised it to nine, uh you, you, you probably wouldn't even affect that many workers and this is the to- this is the kind of economy in which you could actually get away with it you cannot get away with raising the minimum wage the eco- when the economy is weaker because okay. it's more of a it's more of a burden on employers then so this i there's probably ne- ne- this is the right time to do it and we're, we'll lose this moment we're and nothing inaction. will change
2: and also let's let's not forget it yes it's easy to bash the la- bash the large companies but this can really really hit home for the small and mid-sized company who may actually be forced into bankruptcy if the federal government were to mandate a certain a, a wage that they consider too high for sure. their for their specific area
1: yeah which is another so that's why <laughs> that's why the democrats are almost as bad as the republicans on this because you, you can't say uh $15 minimum wage everywhere in the country you can't you can't do that mm-hmm. um because Um, There are just places where that would be too high and uh, you know companies do have choices uh, especially with you know there's just more and more automation technology available even to small companies these days, especially in retail, which is where a lot of these jobs exist, and in food service, which is where a lot of these jobs exist. So if you raise it too, too much, I mean, you will just uh, price the jobs out of existence. Um, so both sides are kind of right on this, but there is a middle ground, as there is with many issues, where the, something productive could be done, and of course, nobody's gonna do it.
2: You think that might gain traction in the, in the Senate, uh, indexing wages, just to inflation? No, you're asking if nope. Congress will do
3: something. <laughs> nine middle ground. I actually am. <laughs> it's
1: not, this is no, not a new idea. I, I'm I skeptical.
3: Mean. I'm skeptical about that. And But, you know, the U.S. Chamber put out a statement saying we are open to doing some sort of a minimum wage increase, but just not $15. Exactly what Rick was saying there. They argue if we had the minimum wage pegged to inflation it would be at about 975 an hour so they're saying hey come up with a middle ground solution we can get behind it but i just
1: again, don't really see that happening in the Senate. So think about that. That is that the U.S. Chamber of Commerce basically represents corporate America. It is the, you know, sort of premier lobbying group for corporate America. And if they're saying essentially 975 would be fine with us, probably the reason they're saying that is they sense that if nothing happens, then there could be a moment, a revolutionary moment, when let's say Democrats do win both houses of Congress and the White House, when they could actually push it to 15 or something higher than uh, what the U.S. Chamber would want. So if they're saying... Basically, $10. We could live with $10. It's unconscionable that Congress won't do that. But you know what?
2: The fight for $10 an hour doesn't sound as good as the fight for 15 <laughs> right?
3: Well, <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, the CBO did put out that report that Rick referenced earlier, and it looked at what would happen if you raise the minimum wage to $10. And it kind of backs up what he was saying, because it would just be minimal effects on people making more wages. It wouldn't be nearly what we would see with $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have those progressive Democrats who say that's not nearly enough. We need to do more.
1: So we've solved this problem. I I mean, we we have have come up with the answer and all we need is uh, some uh, courageous members of Congress to do what we recommend. Raise the minimum wage to $10, index it to inflation, never deal with it again.
2: All right. Pass along
1: your message, Rick. We we, we want
2: some brave members of of Congress to do this for us. Yes. Thank you all for listening to Ballads and Dollars from Yahoo Finance. You can follow us on Twitter at Alexis TV News and Rick J. Newman. Jess, what is your Twitter handle? It is Jessica A. Smith 8. It's tough to find a Twitter handle when your name's Jessica Smith. (laughs) I I can appreciate that. But thank you for sharing it. And we're all going to follow. I already follow you. Uh, We're going to be back next week with another new episode. So in the meantime, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to rate and review what you just heard.